Project Archivist is not intended to be used as a sexual aid, but if it works for you, please don't send us pictures. Some rare listeners have serious skin reactions while listening to Project Archivist, some of which can become life-threatening. These can include rash, swelling, redness, and peeling of the skin. Some listeners have had changes in behavior, hostility, agitation, paranoia, and reduced intelligence while using Project Archivist for listening pleasure. If you, your family, or caregiver notice agitation, hostility, flatulence, or changes in behavior, thinking, or mood that are not typically for you, or you develop anxiety, panic, aggression, anger, mania, abnormal sensations, hallucinations, sonder, confusion, klaxos, bankruptcy, or xenocyne, stop listening to Project Archivist and call your doctor right away. Project Archivist cannot and should not be used as a flotation device, even in the unlikely event of alien contact, regardless of what some doctor in Arizona may say. Some people have reported rare allergic reactions to listening to Project Archivist, some of which can be life-threatening and include swelling of the face, mouth, throat, and sexual organs that can cause trouble breathing and being able to stand in an upright position. Do not taunt Project Archivist. It is also recommended that you do not hold the wrong end of the chainsaw while listening to Project Archivist. Less common side effects include difficulty with concentration, clay-colored stools, erections lasting longer than six hours, unusual facial expressions, problems with memory, problems with memory, and problems with memory. Project Archivist may cause drowsiness, and alcohol may intensify this effect. Use care when operating a sausage cooker or other useless machinery, especially while in the state of Colorado. Some side effects may not need any medical attention. As your body gets used to Project Archivist, these side effects may disappear. Your healthcare professional may be able to help you prevent or reduce these side effects, but do check with them as any side effects will continue, or if you are concerned about reducing them. The most commonly reported side effects are fatigue, munchies, drowsiness, impaired coordination, memory impairment, and the strong desire to unsubscribe to our podcast. Always check with your doctor to make sure that you are healthy enough to engage in Project Archivist activity. Project Archivist, making the world a better place for you and your shape-shifting alien reptilian Masonic girlfriend. Ask your psychotherapist, gastrointestinal specialist, or proctologist if Project Archivist is right for you. When the time is right, Project Archivist. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. What's up to a kind of off the wall episode of the show? Back to original form. Um, I guess so. My final form. (laughs) We we, we weren't even really sure we were going to do a show tonight because, well, we'll we'll get this all out of the way up front. Um, You may or may not be here for a few episodes this month. More than likely not because your schedule right now is insane for the most part. Um, so if there's like four episodes or three episodes where Lobo's not here, he has not left the show. He has not been booted. Um, it's nothing like that. It's just that his home life is rather hectic right now with stuff going on with kids and junk going on at the house. So you're not being booted off of the show or any way, shape or form. So if, if you can be here, yep. you'll be here, but I'm not really sure you will be we'll here. See. I got a lot of crap going on. So. Yeah, and, and me booking guests right now is kind of off the wall at this point. So for the ne- for the month of June, things are going to get bizarre and strange. So again, if people hear this and they don't hear Lobo, it, it's cool. Don't worry about I'm it. Everything's, everything's fine. So yeah, but you can be revived. It wouldn't just be the cl- first time. Just snap your fingers. So yeah, I've got the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet on. So um, anyways, um, I went out to hang out with Soraya last week at Where Did the Road Go? Um, which I live streamed a lot of it on my, on my Facebook page. Um, it was from my house to get to where he was at. It's about a six hour drive and I cut through Canada. The best way to do it was to enter at Windsor, cut across and go through back over at Niagara Falls. And I'm like, well, that that's a four hour drive through Canada. Not a big deal. It's about a six hour drive. So 
I was thinking, well, it's it's Memorial Day weekend, and that's pretty much an American holiday. Canadians aren't going to, you know, celebrate Mm-mm. that. So it shouldn't be a big deal. Well, what I didn't take into account is all the Americans that were going to be going into Canada for the holiday yep. weekend. So, you know, um, the main highway that leads up there was also under construction. So I had to deal with traffic and construction. And then when I got up to Niagara, like Canada, they're like, what are you going into Canada for? I'm cutting through. I'm going to go. I'm going up to Ithaca, New York, and I'm going to hang out with some people, blah, blah, blah. Are you bringing anything? No, just my personal stuff. You know, no, no guns, no tobacco, no, no marijuana, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So no fun. Um, so I get over to, and I didn't realize it when you get up to Niagara, there's actually two bridges that cross over up there. There's one for semi trucks and cars, and there's one that you go right through Niagara, which is the one that I've always used. So I get through at Niagara, and I go into the duty free store. I had to use the bathroom really bad because I didn't want to stop at all the whole trip. I just wanted Should to get have through bought Canada. A Not that with I you. don't. Could have made a trucker well, bomb. You wouldn't I, have had I, to stop. I I was like, well, you know, I, I was like, maybe I'll pick up some alcohol or something in the duty free shop because they've got these <laughs> duty free stores right at the border. And um, I was like, you know what? Never mind. This woman's like, can I help you? And I'm like, no, nah, I just need to use the bathroom. And I crossed over into Canada and the guy walks up and he's like, so uh, I pull up to the window and, you know, he's like, all right, open up your trunk and hit the button, the trunk open. And there's a guy going around searching away stuff. And he goes, so where are you coming from? And I'm like, I'm coming from just south of Detroit. How long were you in Canada for? About four hours. And where are you coming from again? Um, I'm coming through from Detroit to go to New York. Okay, sir, could you pull over to the oh, side man. piece? I'm like, oh, crap. So I'm like, well, there's not much in my car to search. Okay. So I pull over and they do the rummaging through the car, rummaging through my stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, and I eventually get on my way. So I make it out, long story short, I make it out to Soraya's house like three or four hours later than I actually wanted to. So Soraya's really cool. He lives out in the sticks and um, I was using my maps in my car and I pulled into the wrong driveway, which turned out to be some Amish people's house. Get some jelly? And the Amishes were... No, if they had offered it, I would have bought it, though. But the Amishes were checking me out, like, who is this English in my driveway, you know? (laughs) And uh, I'm like, Soraya, I don't know where I'm at. He was like, yeah, you got to go on the road a little bit. So I get to Soraya's house. Soraya's very cool. His roommate, uh, uh, Eridaya, that's what her name is. I'm probably going to keep mispronouncing it. They were both very cool. Um, But Soraya lives on this farmhouse, like, out in the sticks. And I'm going to be 100% honest, the place gave me the creeps. It's just a really creepy old house. And it's got the barn behind it, and he's got his computer repair shop. And if you're out there, Soraya, listening, he hooked up my computer really well. He ran some programs on it and cleaned it up and got it running really smooth for me. It's running great now, actually. Cool. Um, So, you know, we're all hanging out and stuff, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to head back to the hotel and get to bed. You know, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning sometime. And he's like, well, wait, 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 morning, what do you mean morning? I'm like, well, I usually get up around 10 or whatever, figuring, because they were going to take me around and show me the town and stuff. And uh, uh, he's like, well, he's like, we're night owls. We stay up real late around here, and, you know, I I do production and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right. So I'm like, what time do you want me to hold you? Thinking it'd be around noon or something. He's like... Um, we don't get out of bed till like two o'clock, three o'clock. So, uh, and I'm like, oh man, okay, whatever. The hotel that I'm staying at is about a half hour away from where he lives. And it's out again in the middle of nowhere. The hotel has a Walmart next to it, a KFC Taco Bell, a McDonald's, a car wash, and there was some kind of an auto parts store. And that was really about it. A couple of small, like, like grocery stores or what have you or whatever that Walmart's supposed to open up and shut out on a business because that's their motto. <laughs> um, so I'm like, all right. I get up, of course. I get up like around 10 o'clock in the morning and stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go down and sit in the hot tub and I'm going to read, you know, which is another weird thing. I was reading the, um, the, uh, the Witch Hammer book that you got me. Um, okay. 
So and it's got the big occult symbol on it. So I'm like sitting in a hot tub and like this this woman and her daughter like walk into the room and look around and they see me sitting. I'm like, hi, how you doing? I'm like sitting in the hot tub and I know they looked at me reading that book and they were like, okay, honey, we're going to go now. You're not going to hang out with the large man with Satan. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and then the hot tub has got all this bromine in there, which is like they use in hot tubs to like, you know, it keeps it clean or whatever. But there was so much of it in there that it's foaming all over the place, like big time, you know? It looks like somebody somebody dumped some laundry detergent in there. And I'm sitting there, I took a picture and put it on Facebook. It looked like I was sitting in a mug of beer. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So finally, I... I go back to the room and I get all dressed and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to get some food. Long story short, like two o'clock rolls around or something. And I send them a message saying, are you vampires awake yet? Yeah, we're awake. Come on by. So I go over there and they take me on this mad crazy tour, which uh, involves a lot of waterfalls and really cool stuff. There's a really cool cemetery they took me to. The problem was, is that two days before I left, I moved a dresser for my wife and I pulled a muscle in my chest because I did not lift it properly. So I would have these things where I would be talking, and if I moved the wrong way, I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. So you sound like you're having a you know stroke. How, when you, nice. Yeah, it, it, I kind of felt like that oh, at times. Great. And I was like, man, what the hell, you know? So I get to Soraya's house, and I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hang out with you guys. I, I don't want to. I'm thinking about going back to the hotel and just taking some Motrin and laying down because I wasn't feeling well. I didn't want to be on the air that night not being able to breathe. So he's like, well, and I'm like, you know what? I'll tough it out. So I just took a whole bunch of Motrin. And then we went and seen all these waterfalls that were really cool. And he's got this cemetery in the middle of the college town of Ithaca. There's this cemetery there that was really, really cool. Like most cemeteries you go to, well, me and you are different, but most cemeteries you go to, you get kind of creeped out by them and stuff. And this didn't give me that vibe. It was a really cool, just really neat cemetery, but it was kind of on the side of this really hilly terrain. And there's all these old tombstones in there. And there was an idol in there from oh, the, the Oddfellows, which, yep. yeah. And I was, I remember me and you covered them yep. a long time ago and I was like, they put a map there, the graveyard, and so I was like, this was never here before, and I'm looking, I'm like, that's an Oddfellows monument, where's that at, I gotta see this, so, again, me hiking up the hill, holding my side, going, oh my god, I'm gonna <laughs> die, so I got a bunch of pictures in front of this Oddfellows monument, and um, I didn't remember a whole heck of a lot about them at the time. Yeah, but now I'm thinking of actually, because of that, I'm thinking of contacting them and seeing if they'll come mm. on the show and talk about what their order is. And, you might have a hard time getting a hold of anybody I don't know. Well, I found their website. They're still very they active. They are, they're but still they're still very not, active in the community. Like, they are, and they're not. Right, well, I'm going to try. If they say no, they say no. But, you know, me and you, were very interested in fraternal orders, Pro- you know, partially because you're a Mason, and me, I'm just interested in Well, the thing is, is that a lot of the odd fellows are Masons. Yeah, but I just want to talk about where they came cool. from, you know, their history behind them, what they do for the community, what they are, how people can join if they want to. That kind of thing. So anyhow, yeah, we were, you know, Soraya was like, yeah, and over there, sometimes you can see shadow people and ghosts, and sometimes over there you can see orbs and stuff. And I'm like, I really want to come back here, and I really want to come through this place at night, because it's smack dab in the middle of town, and people were crossing through it all over the place. You know, it's just how to get from one place to another. You cut through this cemetery. And I'm like, man, this is this place is really, for a cemetery, it was very inviting and cool. And I'm like, I would love to come back here at night and just sit around and just see what yeah, happens. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid or whatever. So anyhow, yeah, then we get like the night before we were at Soraya's house and he was showing me around and it was dark out. He takes me out back and it's total UFO <laughs> abduction country. 
And he's like, yeah, weird things happen back here. So I'm like, all right, come on out, show yourself, you know, whatever. And then later on, he was like, well, if something showed up, you probably would have been scared shitless. And I was like, no, I don't I don't think so, because I, mm-hmm. I invited it. You know, I probably would have been startled, but I don't think I would have. I'm like, you've lived here for a long time. Nothing has happened to you. You know, nobody's died or whatever. So I'm like, if something were to show itself, I did the same thing when I got to the cemetery. I'm like, hello, I'm here. I'm going to take some pictures if anybody wants to be friendly and pop up in them. And you're more than welcome to. I would I would love to interact with anybody who's here that wants to, you know. And uh, he was kind of like looking at me like, yeah, right. If something pops up, you're going to be scared shitless. But I was just thinking, like, if me and you were there, we'd be like, oh, wow, check it out. There's a shadow person. Come on, yeah, let's go over and say hi. You know, absolutely. We'd probably be startled. <laughs> we would probably be startled by it at first for the unexpectedness of it. But, you know, we got into a conversation that later on. I went on the show and Daniel Harms shows up, which has been on our show a couple of times. And I guess he lived about an hour away. And at the very last minute, he said, yeah, I'll show up. So we go to the radio station. The radio station is very cool. It's this old house that's in the middle. It doesn't look like a radio station at all. It just looks like a house. And they got a grant and the students rebuilt this place, lack of a better story. And it was really, really, it was this house that's been converted to a radio station. So um, earlier, right before we went there, I had been starving. So uh, Eridaya took me to this really cool sandwich shop and she said, buy this, eat that, try this. It's all really good. And she was right. It was great. She gave me this chocolate stout beer that really tasted like chocolate. It was amazing. So we got this new flavor of Red Bull that was coconut berry. And uh, no. Oh, it's good. No, it's really good. It is. It was so good. And um, so I drink this and eat the sandwich. And right about the time I go on to the go on the air, I'm no longer in pain. The Motrin's all kicked in, but the caffeine is just flying through me. Well, you know me yep. on caffeine. I turned into Cornelio. Um, <laughs> I was trying not to. A, I was super nervous. I had the camera on me, and Daniel's sitting next to me. I met him in person, so I was nervous about that. I'm on Soraya's show. We're in the studio. The place is baking hot. Right before we went on the air, I just grabbed my cell phone camera and just walked right through the whole building with the camera phone on, like just filming the whole place. So that was fun. But everybody was like, my God, you're exhausting these people. (laughs) Looking back, I probably did. I was probably very annoying and exhausting. I'm like, can I touch this button? Can I do that? Which I wasn't going to. I was just acting like I was. What's this do? What's this do? Soraya knew what was What's this do? So, um, yeah, we recorded the show. And then afterwards, Soraya was like, it was like midnight. And Soraya's like, why don't you hang out for the last exit to Lost? That's his heavy metal show. So I did, and Daniel hung around for a little while, and then I scared Daniel away. I ended up reading a story about a guy masturbating with a fish stomach. That's cool. Yeah. Um, And Soraya was like, okay, find funny stories right now. And I'm like, what? He goes, find find funny stuff, and the song's about to end. you got three minutes before before we go on the air, and you got to find some funny funny, stuff. Be funny, clown. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Um, Click, click, click. I got a computer in front of me. So we did, and then... They asked Daniel something. Daniel was like, well, I've been here for a while, and I just had to sit through a guy telling a story about a man masturbating with a fish stomach on the radio, and um, I'm out of here. And I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't have even read that story on my show, so I understand, you know? But Daniel was cool, so I was very cool. (laughs) He will. He will. I'm I'm sure he will, because, you know, we even tried to... I didn't want to make the whole show about me, so we tried to engage as much as we could with Daniel, but... You know, there's everybody there, even the people from the last exit from the lost were all very warm. Everybody was friendly. Everybody was cool. Soraya, I could just very much tell, was happy that I was there, and he really appreciated me being there, so it was nice. And, 
you know, it was great. I would love to go back. I really, really want to go back, if only just to go to that freaking cool. graveyard, just to see that graveyard again, because it was such a cool graveyard. It wasn't like, it wasn't spooky at all. I mean, it was just, it was just really, really neat and historical. Sounds I really inviting. Loved it there, and I want to go back to that. I wish to God you could go, because me and you both would have had a riot there. Like, I mean, not like a riot, like, hey, let's go destroy stuff. <laughs> yes. It would have been cool. Like, me and you would have been walking around reading the tombs. Like, the, there was a tombstone that had the, the family name was Blood. B L O D. when you bring paper and, and, there was another, and uh, charcoal and you do grave rubbings. Yeah, I was thinking stuff like that. I was like, man, this would be so cool. There was, uh, I, like, there was another mm-hmm. crypt that said wait on it that just said W-A-I-T, cool. wait. And that was the only thing the crypt had on it. You had to kind of, like, go down these stairs to get to it. But it was really cool. So let's move on and actually read some stories now that I've babbled forever. Um, but the big thing is, thank you very much for the hospitality, Soraya. Thank you for having me come on the show. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I want to, and I'm going to try to do it again. I would love to come back in the fall. It's just a matter of getting the funds together to be able to pay for the hotel and stuff and get the time off to be able to go if it's possible. So moving on, let's talk about something that um, we haven't talked about in a while, it, it, which is the annual rolling of the yes. cheese wheels. <laughs> why, I why actually you thought they were supposed to put this babbling. out because so many people got hurt. But And that's oh, what this right. says. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like their version of the running of the bulls. Here's the, yes, I'll, the I'll, cheese I'll isn't briefly, alive. <laughs> I'll explain it briefly, then I'll have Lobo read the article. What it is is this competition that goes over and over in Europe. And they take a big wheel of cheese, which is an eight-pound wheel of cheese, and they roll it down a hill, a very steep hill, and then everybody goes after it. It's got a 1.2 gradient or something like that. And everybody goes after it. So it's a really, really super steep hill. It's uneven. It's all over the place. And people just chase, go rolling down this hill, trying to chase after this wheel of cheese. And whoever gets down to the bottom of it is the winner of that wheel of cheese. So it's it's like, imagine the running of the bulls, but on a very steep hill. And everybody's going down this hill, chasing after a wheel of cheese. So take it away. The go ahead. The 2018 cheese rolling competition has been run and won. And it looks like it hurt a lot. Every year, British people line up to chase a wheel of cheese rolling down a hill, often injuring themselves horrifically in the process. Broken ankles, dislocated dislocated shoulders, and head injuries are the norm. But that didn't stop a record number number of people from attending to catch the cheese over the weekend. Thousands of spectators turned out to watch thrill-seekers hurl themselves down a one-to-two gradient, chasing wheels of Double Gloucester, Gloucester, I don't know, cheese weighing. Gloucester. Oh, it might be Gloucester. Gloucester. Never mind. Uh, Weighing a hefty eight pounds down Cooper's Hill near Gloucester in England. In the first man's downhill race, Mr. Anderson left other daredevils trailing in his wake as he sprinted, tripped, and tumbled down the rough, uneven hillside chasing the 70-mile-per-hour cheese. Dude, Jesus Christ, 70 wide. miles per hour? There was a bit more pressure. Yeah. What? I don't know about that. I know that fast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know no, about dude, that. No, dude, I believe it. Watch the video. There was a bit more pressure this year as there were uh, a few more locals running, he said, after the race. The kid next to me. <laughs> For lack of a better word. Look at the video. They're not running. Dude, they're they are, flipping and rolling down ball. this hill. Like, if and you want kid, to call it that. The kid next to me was pulling my shirt all the way down. But I'm happy I've got nothing to prove now. Got nothing to prove now. Uh, a soldier with one rifles. Why does it say one rifle? Yep, hey, that's what it rifles. says. I don't Mr. know, but that's Anderson what it says. skipped the second man's race, but won again in the third race, tearing his left calf as he charged downhill. As his reward, as with so, all winners, is to take the cheese home with him despite only liking cheddar. 
So after reading that sentence, I envision a guy rolling down a hill with a rifle in his I don't hand. Know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, word yeah, salad. Exactly. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, among the competitors this year was Australian Nathan Anstey, 30, from Melbourne, or Melbourne, who took part. Which is not yeah, a real exactly. country. We'll get, you to, we'll get to that later. <laughs> who took part wearing just a pair of budgie <laughs> smuggler training trunks. For us over here, those are called banana hammocks. <laughs> Miss, I was going to say, what's a budgie smuggler? Think about what a budgie is. It's a little bird. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mr. An- oh my God! Exactly, Speedo. Mr. Ancy, who is oh known God. as Mangoes, said it was just unbelievable. <laughs> Last year was the first time I did it, and I knew I had to come back. It's a no-brainer, he said. It was more. It was the most exhilarating thing you can do. I don't know. Man. Go to YouTube. Anybody listening that wants to see this, I'm sure if you go on YouTube and you look up 2018 cheese rolling competition or just cheese rolling competition in general, it's kind of like Death Race it's 2000 it's down nuts. the hill. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's insane. It's just kind of like throwing people down a hill and whoever makes it to the bottom gets the cheese. So, all right. Let's move along to uh, let's move along to some earthquakes an earthquake duh, volcano stuff. Um, there was a thing on the radio today with all the volcanic activity going on in Hawaii that tourism is down right now. Like, nobody wants to go there because of the volcano. And oddly enough, the volcano is really only in a small por- portion of Hawaii. So they're saying that the tourism is down, the uh, hotel bookings are down. Now, for me and you as well, this is the perfect time that yeah, we would want to go to Hawaii. There, yeah, that's, I mean, we would, you can't get really get close to the volcano, but you can still see it off in the horizon from everything I'm reading. You can see it at night, the glowing and stuff, which I'm yeah, even well, cool Ted with Rowe that. has been posting but, stuff. It's near him. Yeah, so he's getting close enough. Yeah, exactly. But it's only like, it's only in so many acres of the island. And the way that the media, you would think that the whole island is like engulfed in volcano right well, now. Everybody or something. That's assumes the way Hawaii is just one island. Yeah. No, it's many. But it's the big island, I believe, where the, the volcano is happening. But it's only taking up a small portion of the island. So nobody, like cruise ships and stuff, aren't visiting there. So A, you know the trips ain't going to cost you very much. The hotels are cheap. Um, the tourism is down right now. So getting there would be great. Um, the other thing is I want I would like to go see mm-hmm. a volcano. I would like to see one of nature's zits erupting. <laughs> For lack of a better term, that's what it is. That's kind Look. of what it is, but I mean, me and you would be like, yes, let's let's go see a vol- let's go see the glow of a volcano. Plus, no one's going to be there right now, so it's even better to go because we don't like people. No. So, anyways, <laughs> um, I'll read the first one. This is coming from Time Magazine. It's been reported all over the place. Now, this is one of those things where it's like they really had to tell people uh. not to do this. Please don't roast marshmallows over erupting Hawaiian volcanoes, USGS warns. However, they did not say anything about sausages or hot dogs. I would assume that you wouldn't want to do that either. Now, now, when you assume, you make an ass of you and me. So, assuming things is wrong. So, the U.S. Geological Survey took a break from giving serious updates about Hawaii's Kalaua volcano eruption. Sure, that'll work. Kill a whale. Not kill, kill a whale. Eruption. <laughs> I know. To confirm that, no, you should not roast marshmallows over scorching hot volcanic vents. Uh, the USGS responded to one Twitter user who asked, is it safe to roast marshmallows over volcanic vents, which is what I just read, assuming you had long enough stick, that is, or would, uh, or would resulting marshmallows be poisonous? I think yes. they would because of the gases, but hey. Uh, erm, the USGS replied, E-R-M. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going to have to say no that's not safe please don't try it and then it's got the actual tweet from the person the the can the conversation that they had we're going to have to say no that's not safe please don't try it if it is vent is emitting a lot of so2 or h2s they would taste bad <laughs> like bad is in capital letters and if you added sulfuric acid in vog for example to sugar you get a pretty spectacular reaction now i want to see this happen uh, not only would it be unsafe the usg said but the marshmallows would simply taste bad the vent could be releasing sulfur dioxide and hydrogen not sulfide good. which both emit not pleasant smells uh and the sulfuric acid from vog or volcanic smog would create a pretty spectacular reaction which is what i just yep. read in the tweet the usgs has issued a number of more formal warnings in the week since the kalua kalua volcanic erupted in erupted in hawaii causing many residents in the nearby leilani Oh. Sure, that word. Estates and Lani read Puna. that one too. Len- Lani Puna Gardens to evacuate as more fissures open and lava flow slowly moved, eventually hitting the ocean. The USGS has issued a warning for the volcano. The highest alert uh, alert level possible, that means a hazardous eruption is imminent, underway, and or sp- suspected. According to the USGS website, the agency also issued a red level av- aviation code, which warns an eruption is imminent or underway with significant volcanic ash and plume in the air. So far, all I've seen are these big vents opening up and just lava trails going far. But I have seen the erupting like 200 foot high lava Dude, it's geysers, it's which bad. I wanted to go see. But um, if we go to our next story, since we're talking about volcanoes, I'll let you read that one from MSN.com. Stone crushed a man fleeing a volcano. Archaeologists just found his 2,000-year-old remains. So we're going. This is a deep cut. And the picture, <laughs> the picture, if anybody hasn't seen it yet, is a picture of half of a skeleton on a ground with its legs sticking out. The upper half of the body is just covered by a square block of rock so this dude was just running and in a one in a million chance a giant block just like landed on him by a projectile (laughs) so yeah a very large archaeologists discovered the remains of a man in pompeii who they believe survived the first blast of mount vesuvius only to be crushed by a stone block launched by volcanic cloud as he was attempting to flee nearly 2,000 years ago officials in italy said the stone block which might have been a door jam struck the man's upper body and crushed his thorax and head, which they have yet to excavate from underneath the stone. Ooh, Massimo Asana. Hmm, cool name. The general director of the archaeological site. Archaeological. Archaeological. Wow, I'm not a redneck, huh? Dude, I, go right ahead. Said that it was an exceptional find. Yeah, I would say that was a pretty exceptional find. Not if you're the guy getting hit no, by well, the block. Dead, he doesn't care. <laughs> Beyond the emotional impact of these discoveries, the ability to compare them in terms of their pathologies and lifestyles as well as the dynamics of their escape from the eruption. But above all, the investiga- to investigate them with ev- ever more specific instruments and professionalism presents present in the field, present, present in the field, contribute toward an increasingly accurate picture of the history and civilizations of the age, he said. Dude, that is, the second picture is even better. I know, dude. That dude is like dude, impaled he's, deep. Yeah, look, like dude, he's, look, he's, he's back down though. there. That thing is strong. I know. It's bent. Yeah. The man may have been killed by the pyroclastic flow, the blast of hot ash, lava, and gas from the volcano before he was struck by the rock, according to Live Science. The man is believed to have been at least 30 years old. Officials said the skeleton showed evidence of bone infection in one of the man's legs. Ah, oh, dude, he couldn't run, which could have hindered his ability to escape at the first dramatic signs which preceded the eruption. 
Sucks for you, buddy. Vesuvius' explosion in AD 79 is one of the world's most widely known historical natural disasters. The blast destroyed Pompeii and Herculaneum, two towns south of Naples, and left preserved many of the area's structures and human remains in ash. Archaeologists began new excavations at the site in March at the section called Regio Zavi or 5. Hmm. I think it's Vesuvius five. remains mainland Europe's only active volcano, according to the Telegraph. About 2,000 people died in Pompeii out of the population of 20,000. Oh, a tenth of the population. That's a lot of people. Many had fled because the <laughs> volcano had been spewing ash and smoke for days before it erupted, the Telegraph reported. So they even listened to early warnings. And we got people getting killed by taking selfies. I could just imagine this guy like, and all of a sudden... Like something out of lemmings <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. It's like some bad cartoon, you know, like the Roadrunner or, you know, the wild yeah, right. coyotes running along and then this rock just happens to come. It's like the volcano was like, nope, you get back here. You <laughs> Where do you think us. you're going? <laughs> That's also uh, Pompeii was where Pink Floyd filmed that really awesome live show from ages yeah, ago. Pink Floyd fan. Um, so let's move along to Drugs okay. Are Bad and K. <clears throat> This is a short one. Man who went on a five-day drug binge found wearing a bra on his way to fill a hotel bath of with course, potatoes. Of course, What can only yes, and what can only be described as a man uh, as unusual as I say, man. Let's restart that. And what can only be described as unusual. A man was arrested this week after officers found him wearing a woman's bra, carrying a sack of potatoes to his hotel room. What led to that arrest? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm making um, making French fries. Okay, the guy's wearing a bra. I, I, it's like wow. Hey, there's a man over there wearing a bra holding a bag mm. of potatoes. Should we arrest him? I don't know, because this did take place in England. Europe. Um, the man, 30-year-old James Johnson of England, was caught as he was carrying the potatoes to his hotel in Eastleigh, uh, England. Sorry, He's European sorry. listeners. I He's apologize. Not. I'm not. Police found he was in the middle <laughs> of a five-day dr- yes! five drug binge. What's your record, if oh. you don't mind me asking? My record for a binge? Yeah, two weeks. Okay, so that's he's got you got. Yeah, this but my, that was a binge uh, on dude. I was tanked on beer and fucking alcohol. I wasn't. This dude okay. was taking some heavy shit. <laughs> Police found he was in the middle of a five-day drug binge. An assortment of drugs were found in his room, including ecstasy, five MAPB, sort of like MDMA, and a psychedelic substance. Dude, this guy was that, wrecked. Dude, <laughs> When the judge asked Johnson why he had been filling his tub with potatoes, he said, it felt like the right thing to do at the time. Johnson pled guilty to drug charges and was given an 18-month community order and will enter a court-ordered drug rehab. You were only given... Dude, he was given 18 months of community service for for carrying a bag of potatoes and wearing a bra. And this dude harshed his mellow. (sighs) All right, why don't you take us to Florida? Because we haven't been to Florida in quite some time. I got people... Which, by the way, I have Aaron bugging me right now because Washington is playing Vegas and Washington is winning. Jerk. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm watching the game. Well, the game's in the the background, the hockey game. And so, you know. Florida City looks for answers after a quote-unquote zombie alert was sent to residents. Of course, it's got to be Florida. Officials say they still don't know I didn't do that right. Let's start over again. Officials say they still don't. No, it just says they don't who sent. 
I was trying yeah, to Yeah, I know. Word right. salad. Go ahead. Just read it. Read it as okay, it is written. Go ahead. Say That's part of the show. They still don't. Who sent a zombie alert to residents of a Florida city following <laughs> a power outage? Lake Worth spokes, spokesman Ben Kerr says an independent investigation is underway to determine who was behind the message sent to some 7,880 customers during a 27-minute power outage Sunday. During the city's own investigation, Kerr says officials determined that no current or former employees edited the pre- prepared message to include the warning of zombie invasion. He tells the Palm Beach Post that no one was fired for it. Of course not. Why would they be fired? Read the uh, message. Breaking. Lake Worth falsely sends out zombie alert during power outage. Great. Cursed. No, what it actually says. Power outage and zombies alert for residents oh, of Lake Worth and, and Terminus. There are now far less than 70,380 customers involved due to extreme zombie activity. Restoration time uncertain. I wonder if it was like a... <laughs> that was the official, mes- the official message from the city. That was what I they wonder received. if it was like, it was the computer, the computer saw it and then they just did a, you know how when you like print something out and it's just wrong because you let your voice whatever do it? I wonder if that's what happened. It changed what it was supposed to say to zombies. I think it's somebody got hacked. I think it was hacked. I mean, it's better than what Hawaii got a few months ago when it was oh like nuclear God, yeah. missiles are inbound. We're all going to die. You know, that kind of a deal. So, you know, reading a zombie apocalypse coming from the state that, that you know, I'm sure people were scratching their heads going, yeah, what's going sure. on here? You know, curse <laughs> so said a hacking issue up. came up during Hurricane Irma last September. Yep. See. But that issue was dealt with quickly. He added that officials thought they got all the messages, but it turns out there was one hiding in the system. So during the, the system. of Irma yep. is when they ended up, somebody did this, and this one slipped through, slipped past the goalposts. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Genius. Dumbass. Genius. Absolutely amazing. That's funny. We had that problem. Well, it was we haven't heard about it lately. I don't think you have either, but there was people that were hacking the roadside oh, signs. Yeah, those ones like that you see diarrhea, construction. Five miles now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our zombie imminent invasion had to colder climates, stuff like that. There was one that was down the street from me that said, may the force be with you, Jedi, and I was, uh, may the force be with you, Obi-Wan and Yoda rule. And then it would be like, blink back to normal again. And because I guess like those things are easy to hack, though. You just open up the side and like usually the code is one, 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 one or zeros. They, they keep the code very simple for construction workers. Yeah, because people suck. They don't so, want to do their job. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm sure they've changed it since then. All right, let's take a break. Um, we got a couple of voicemails that we're going to play, and then we have listener questions, and we'll do a couple of more stories and call it good for the week. Hey, uh, I'm Alex. And I'm John. And we host a show called John and Alex Hate Stuff. We named the show because he's John and I'm Alex, and we hate stuff. That stuff? Movies. Yeah, movies. So if you want to hear two people kind of make fun of movies and actually more often than not end up liking them, listen to John and Alex Hate Stuff, available on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. So yeah, we talk about all sorts of weird shit, like we did the first Batman movie, Fifth Element. Southland Tales, Mother, The Royal Tenenbaums. The sequel to The Royal Tenenbaums, Suicide Squad. The sequel to Suicide Squad, Speed Racer. And the sequel to Speed Racer, Boss Baby. You'll have to listen to find out what the hell we're talking about. And if any of that is true. So, yeah, listen to John and Alex Hate Stuff. Alex with two X's. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are found. Check it out. If you like motorcycles and you like comedy, perhaps you should try the Wheel Nerds podcast. Stop that. What are you doing? I'm doing my announcer voice. It's proven super effective. It's stupid. Nope. We're the Wheel Nerds. Shut up. We're the Wheel Nerds. We're a weekly-ish comedy motorcycle podcast. Where we talk about everything two wheels and a bunch of stuff that isn't. 
Give us a listen at wheelnerds.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. Or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to stop doing this now, my friends. I'm trying to use the phone. Yeah, um, well, this is, uh, um, this is Jerry, and, uh, I wanted to stop by and tell you I really enjoy, uh, your show, and, uh, that other guy, uh, what's his, I don't know, is it Lobo? What? Lobo? Yeah, yeah, Lobo, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Um, you don't talk much about archival research. Uh, for being a project archivist, uh, Podcast, you don't talk much about archives, um, archival footage. You know, you do some of that lost audio stuff, but, um, I was really hoping you guys could get a little bit more in depth with maybe, uh, I don't know, the Dewey Decimal System. Maybe get a little bit more in depth with how that type of archival research works. And, uh, you know, like, um, uh, you know, just talking more about history in the library and whatnot, but, I really like the uh, the weird esoteric kind of stuff you guys talk about. It's really interesting. And uh, yeah, I found your show. I was on. Uh, let's just say I was uh, trolling for. I was being a fisher of men, and uh, I saw uh, a banner ad for a Project Archivist. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, what, what, "What's this?" So I clicked on it, and wow! Uh, let me tell you, uh, it's pretty good. I'm working my way through the catalog right now. Uh, I, I was so fixed into the show, I just completely forgot why I even got to where I was getting to find you. But uh, I appreciate it. And uh, I, I owe all you guys, and I, I really appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, What in God's holy name are you blabbering about? I really like it. You, you, you sound like you're sweating. You know, when you're talking, you get kind of, or that's the other guy. Well, the other guy gets fired up. I can, it's like I can, <laughs> I can hear the sweat coming off your face. <laughs> um, I really enjoy what you guys got going on. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go, but, uh, no, keep up the good work, and, uh, thanks for, um, bye guys. You know, a long time ago, being crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I was listening to your show, and, uh, I'll tell you what I found. I figured out where you guys come from. I was listening to this other show. Um, it's a, I don't know, it's something. I don't know about getting in your car. And, I don't know, but anyway. Uh, I really like what you guys got going on. And I'll tell you what, the show y'all did a couple weeks ago. With, Do you uh, speak any English? With, uh, that one. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That one guy from that other show was on there. Uh, I really liked it. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I started listening to their show. Uh, it's not as good as yours, but it's pretty good. Uh, I think you need to have more people like that on there when they all again. Keep it fresh. Hey, shut up. Keep it lively and interesting. But uh keep up the good work. You guys do a hell of a job over there and uh uh well this is uh Bill. Bill. This is old uh, you can call me Wild Bill and, My uh, God, are you still talking? Uh, I'm not gonna tell you where I'm from because I'm a conspiracy theory guy, but uh Yeah, keep it up.
I don't got a zoner with you or not. He's pretty good. He, <laughs> he too bad, I tell you right now. He ain't too bad at all, really. Yeah. All right, robot. Uh, <clears throat> tell old, uh, what's his name? Lobo? Lobby? Come on, Lobby. I said hi. But, uh, good job, robot. You guys do a hell of a job on there. This sucks more than anything that I've ever sucked before. You have a habit of going onto the Facebook page and seeing a people call the show, here's the number, which you have been getting responses from because nobody was calling for a long time. Yep. And you also put up there, ask questions and we will answer them, which always kind of makes my sphincter clinch up a little bit when you do that because I'm afraid of what's going to come through. We got 57 responses. So we'll go through and cherry pick them because I've seen a couple of them that we just can't answer. Yeah, no, there's so many here that you're like, Meh. I don't know if we have the proper knowledge for that. Well, at least not in this show. It's no. not really set up for that. Okay, so, so first one is from Lily Yabo. If you had a superpower, what superpower would that be? You or me first. You, I'm asking you, and then I'll oh, answer. flight. I would. I definitely would love to fly. Flight? I would say flight or invisibility. I don't know. Really? Yeah, but the problem is, I don't know if invisibility would probably get me into trouble. Yeah, it would. (laughs) Yeah, it would. Uh, What are you doing? Watching birds. Um, Anyways. um, Wow. Yeah, I've always, my favorite dreams have been flying dreams. And I've always been, you know, I've always wanted to fly. But knowing my dumbass, I would do something stupid and fly into power lines or something. Or I would show up as a blip on some radar, like a missile. Like there's a, there's a there's a flying fat man missile on the radar, and they That's would send awesome. jets after me, whatever. So I guess it would be flight, but there would have to be some stuff in there to like keep my ass from getting shot down. Um, I don't know. Maybe even telekinesis would be a lot of fun. That would be really cool to to be able to move things with my mind. That would be cool. So yeah, what, what's your, what's yours? Invincibility slash immortality. Ooh, do you really want to live forever? Yes. Because, you know, that if I would was be... invincible and could live forever, like yeah, there would be it, no way to kill me. I could literally walk along the bottom of the ocean to get wherever I need to be. Yeah, I could be eternity, flung from anything to get to wherever I need to be. But at some point you're going to be getting you're going to be stuck on the sun roasting. Sure. It might be three million years from now or something well, like that. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I sit I've, back I've and wait thought. for the next comet. <laughs> Yeah, I hit you right on it, I guess. You'd have to get out there. But then again, if you're invincible, just get out into space and go. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, the idea of floating through, because space is very big and things are very far apart. So it'd be like, okay, I'm going to float from this planet to the next one. And it's going to take me about 60 years to get there. You know? Hey, whatever. I don't know. Hey, uh, yeah. Again, the Queen song, Who Wants to Live Forever? Under the right circumstances, I would. I've, I've I've given that some serious thought. I'm not sure if I would. I'm not sure mm. if I'd want to or not. I don't know. But um, I don't know. Next. Next question. Alex Bolin. If you had the opportunity to interview an extraterrestrial that was fluent in English, what would you ask them? Follow up. Do you request the probing before or after the interview? I would not request the probing at all, at all if that's on the table. Uh, what would I well, ask them? You'd be on the table, so... I would ask them what else is out there. How did you get here? Can you take me there? <laughs> wow. I, if, 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 they were, if there was aliens here coming here and I was able to talk to them, I would want to know what else is out there. Uh, mine would be the fuck. The what? The fuck. You're going to say that to an alien. What are you going to get out of an alien by saying that? I, it'd be worth a shot. 
There's so like, why why are you here? What you know? Yeah, exactly. Why, yeah. The fuck? What are you doing here? What took you so long? How have you you know? How have you gotten here? They're all covered by the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that just covers everything. That's everything. The uni- that's the universal question right there. Absolutely. Forty two. The fuck? Next question. That's that's a long that's a long answer, sir. Go ahead. Chuck Brewer. How cool is Chuck? Chuck is very cool. And we haven't talked to Chuck in quite some time, uh, be it on the show and personally. I've actually, I was wondering about him today, what he's been up to. Because um, we I just haven't talked to him in quite a long time. And it's like I we're going to Vegas with him in October for another motorcycle expo. And it's been a while since we've had him on the show. So he may actually, I might bug him to come and sit in on a session or something like that when you're cool. not here. So the problem is he's been busy and stuff. So yeah, yes, is. Chuck is very cool. There is no argument, doubt, or question as to Chuck's coolness. Chuck is extremely Chuck cool. Chuck is ice cold. Actually, I, I being that he is somewhat of an Asian person, I may have to call him as the official Asian correspondent to offer an apology, but we'll get to that. Wow. Okay, next question. Denny Kish, why do you think people respond to music? Music can inspire love, sadness, anger, and change people's entire lives. Why do you think that is? What is it about the collection of sounds that inspires things in people that hear it? Hmm. I don't know. It's a universal language. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You remember in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that was how we communicated with the aliens was through music. It tugs at things. It goes back to the primal. It goes back to primal. Like drumbeat. Like I go like cuckoo for drumbeat because it touches something inside me. I don't know. Can't explain it. I think it's a universal language. Everybody can understand it. I'll agree with that. It's weird because, again, I go back to Soraya. Most of the time that I was out there, most of our conversations rotated around music. And a lot of it was the music that I grew up with, different industrial bands. And I was naming all these groups off. I'm like, you've probably never heard of these guys, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, yeah, I know who they are. And I finally got to one band, which was Big Black, that he had never heard of. And I was a, I'm a huge, well, I was a big, a big back, uh, black fanatic when I was cool. much younger. And uh, but yeah, we were talking the whole time about all these different bands and all this music that we grew up listening to. And like he's very much into like heavy metal, which is what Last Exit for the Lost is primarily about. But the whole time we were there, most of the conversations we had of everything that we talked about, we didn't talk very much paranormal. It was mostly music the whole time. So anyways, moving on. Next question. Jamie Babel. So last time we talked books, this time I want to know who was slash are your favorite interviewees? What do you mean? That shows that we've been on? Uh, I think she means people that we've interviewed. Oh, Jesus. I know, dude. That's hard. God. That's oh. really hard. I would need time to think about that. I, I got to go back to Linda Godfrey. Because really? she was where it all started. Well, she's been one of my... She was one of my favorites because... That she was where it started. That was literally the first conversation me and you ever had when we were talking about doing this show. And I said, I want to get Linda Godfrey on the show to talk about, to, to interview, but I want to ask her different questions. And she mm. was the essential genesis of what, of how we would do interviews and everything. That was how we, how we did it. Stan Friedman was very cool. That was when we batted around for a long time. Um, Tyler Coke, John. Tyler is always fun to talk to, but the problem is, is like, we know Tyler. Tyler is a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, he's kind of like just sitting down and having a beer. So it's, it's kind of like, 
like he's not he's not that he's any less cool but he's not the first person i go to because we can call tyler and, and have hours long conversations about genetics and stuff anyways oh yeah. man i, I think I, honestly, I, want, I still want to talk to joe nichols oh i still I think, want to talk to him i think i've interviewed just about everybody that i wanted to with the exception of getting ben grundy on the show Outside of that, that I've gotten everybody mm. on the bucket list that I can think of except for Ben. And honestly, I don't I don't even know if I want to interview Ben anymore, to be honest with you, because I, mm. I don't know. Like A, the chances of him coming on here are next to impossible. So that's never gonna happen. And B, I don't know. I mean, what are we gonna talk to him about at this point? I don't I don't think he would come on the show and I'm not sure what we'd ask him anymore. You See, know, I still got a bunch of people I want to talk to. Well, we need to work on that then. I want to talk to Joe <laughs> Nichols, I wanna to talk to Nina Instead. I want to talk to Cambo. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of people I want to talk to still. There is for me too, but as as I was telling Soraya, Spark. for every for every twenty requests I send out, we'll get five back, and of those five, three of them will actually go through and actually be on the show. Dude, I still want to talk to Scott Sigler. I still want to talk to Scott Sigler. He's yeah, a busy good. dude. Good luck pulling that off. Yeah, I, I, I used I, I'm lo- I was local for the guy at one point. So yeah. yeah anyways, all right. Next question. Along. Actually, this is three questions from the same guy. Aaron Babel. How many licks to the center of a blow pop? I don't know. Well, Tootsie Pop is three. Yep. So blow pop, no clue. How do you 42. get rid of mosquitoes? Actually, oh. there's quite a few ways to get rid of mosquitoes. Citronella, uh, bring you into the room and have you go nuts and berate them and their families. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's deep woods off. Uh, smoke is one way to do it. Um, you can use, uh, they sell a nematode formula that you can put into the water where the larva is that kills them right at the source. Are nematodes those stupid things that were on SpongeBob that showed up and yeah, ate everything? Yeah, but not. They're little tiny worms that destroy stuff. But yes, yeah. they are. Why are we even answering that question? <laughs> Why did they bring up SpongeBob? Keep going. Oh We're running out of time. How much is the annual salary to maintenance the sun and moon above the flat earth? Too much. Oh, it's so funny you should say that because we yep, going to be touching on them in a minute. Uh, All right. Denny Kish, what's in the box ahead? What's in the box? Spoiler. What's in the box? Another Denny Kish. Are you, are you Denny. Sure for a stormtrooper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's okay. trying. He lives maybe a half hour away from me. I have never met cool him in person, kid. and like I've played Star Wars online with him, but I've never actually met him in person. And I keep threatening to like somehow get together, and we're all supposed to get together and do gaming over Lisa's house, and we've just never pulled it off. And I think he's like goading me at this point to try to like chase him down or something like that. He's always like, "Do you hate me?" And I'm like, "No." But anyways, um, all right, let's move on. Let's get this. Go- I have let's get one this more question. Rolling. All right, come on. One more question, and this is from Brent Hand. So these are the hysteria fifty one. Oh, Vikings guys. just scored. I mean, the the uh, Vegas Knights just scored a point. So yeah, wow, take glad that. Paying attention. What is the one out there topic that you believe in? One out there topic? Yeah, just one. Oh gosh. There's many the most out there. The most out there topic that I believe in. Yeah. I don't know, to be honest with you, what the most out there topic is that I believe in. Um, I do believe in UFOs. I do believe in ghosts. uh, I do believe in paranormal phenomena, even though I come across very much as a skeptic. Um, I I think, okay, yeah, um, I I believe Hitler lived. I believe that he actually made it down to South America. I'm one of those people. That's the most out there? Yeah, I think that's the most out there one that I've got. I think Hitler actually survived, made it out of Germany, made it down to South America, and died in in South America. 
Oh, wow. I have no problem saying that I believe that. But if I'm wrong, the thing is, if I'm wrong, it's I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. So mm. what about you? I believe we are a construct. Really? Yep. You're of the Philip K. Dick mindset. I am. I think we are a construct of Inside what of or who or whatever. I think we are. So do you believe in that in the sense that we're like an avatar that somebody else is controlling in some way, shape or form or that we're programs running in the background of some greater simulation? I think that we are the playthings of things much more powerful than ourselves. That's very Fordian. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll go on to the rest of the show because I don't want to okay. go into that any farther because it kind of creeps me out. Really? I yeah, think at some point I, or another we I've should go back on that. Weird stuff. Like really weird stuff that doesn't make sense and shouldn't be in here. Well, I'm not going to laugh at you for that belief. That's not that out of a belief. I've heard Stranger. Um, that That is a valid one out there. Well, you know what? We'll go back and talk about that another time because that's something that me and you could go more further into depth and in exploring. But we're going to move on to our next category, our newest topic, which is first, let me take a selfie. But first, let me take a selfie. So we're going to start this off with there's three of these. So do you want me to read the first one? You read the second one? Sure. Then, okay. I'll, I'll do the first one because this one got me in trouble on Last Exit for the Lost. And um, <laughs> I'll read the story and then I'll, t- I'll say what happened. Um, so everybody who heard me on it was, yeah, it was on Last Exit for the Lost. If you listen to me on Last Exit for the Lost, you've already heard me read this story. Uh, man trying to take selfie dies after being mauled by a bear. Uh, let's see. A man was mauled to death by a bear after he reportedly tried to take a selfie with the creature. After stopping to go to the toilet on his way home from a <laughs> wedding, Prabhu Batara is said to have spotted the injured animal in the nerve. Could you say that damn word? That Barangpur or Bengpur? Barangpur? No, you can't say the word. Nah, so we'll Barangpur. go with that district of Adish in, in India. Adisha in India. His fellow SUV passengers advised him against trying to take a picture of the creature. As he set, uh, settled up, the bear struck and struck, uh, and a struggle ensued. A stray dog also stepped in and bit the bear, <laughs> but its intervention failed to deter the larger animal. So now you've got a guy going up and taking a picture with a bear that's injured, and then the bear attacks the guy, and then a, jo- a dog jumps into the fray as well. Um Forest Ranger, and this has got all the makings of an episode of Yogi Bear. Forest wow. Ranger Dahubar Mufparta Muff said Mr. Batar died on the spot. He added the bear is being treated for its injuries. And <laughs> the the next bear's to it, being taken care of. The dude's yeah, dead. That's what I said on the other show. Awesome. And then next to it, there's a picture of a guy pointing to the ocean like, yo, it's water. Uh, India had the highest rate of dust linked to selfies for two years between March 2014 and September 2016 with 60% of all deaths taking place there a study claimed last year of 127 reported selfie deaths in that period 76 occurred in india a collaborative study by researchers from carnegie mellow university and indra spartharpa institution informed dali found one 17 year old girl died when she was swept over a parapet by a large wave while taking a selfie with friends so she's just there taking a selfie then a wave like comes up and like eats her and sucks, sucks her, out, for her out to the ocean uh elsewhere in 2014 a mexican man died when his gun was he was holding while taking a picture <laughs> went off wounding him in the head uh oscar ataro aguire 21 who had reportedly been drinking with friends before the incident died on the way to the hospital last year in america a woman was deemed lucky to be alive 
alive after she fell some 60 feet from a bridge in California while taking a selfie. I remember that. <laughs> the unnamed woman suffered fractured bones and a deep wound in her arm, authorities said, having ignored warnings about out-of-bounds areas. Selfies with bears become something of a trend in 2014, so much so that the U.S. Forestry Service forced to, uh, forced to warn people not to get close to the animals. Visitor center staff routinely encounter unsafe situations. The guests ignore their instructions, the service said. Uh, a little bit further, even organized animal selfies can be dangerous, but not necessarily for humans involved. Uh, activists have warned that some uh, popular holiday destinations, animals like monkeys, tigers, and elephants are being abused. Jesus so man. it goes on and on and on. So we'll skip that and just go on to the next one, oh which God. is uh, from CBSnews.com. Rattlesnake selfie results in a $150,000 medical bill. This guy's lucky to be alive, but come on now. A man in San Diego getting bit by a rattlesnake has just was just the beginning of his problems. The life-threatening encounter was followed by a shocking medical bill, $153,000 for his treatment. And we wonder why insurance is broken. Ted Fassler was bitten earlier this month reportedly by while well, trying to pose for a selfie with the snake. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like most snake bite vis- victims, Fassler needed many doses of antivenom, Crofab, the only current drug available to counteract a potentially deadly snake venom. Bites from less poisonous snakes can require as little as three doses, but the most toxic poisonous snake bites can take dozens of doses. A California boy bitten by a highly toxic snake in 2012 required 42 vials of antivenom. Wow. And some patients need even more. The only effective treatment is antivenom, Dr. Keith Bosin, director of the Arizona Poison and Drug Information Center, told CBS News. There's blood tests we can do to determine the effect of the venom. Hospital bills can always be worked out or negotiated, but you can only really negotiate other than prosthetics, the loss of a part of your hand or your arm. Bozen said he knew one snake bike venom in Arizona, uh, victim in Arizona who received four, 74 vials of antivenom. The wholesale rate the hospital pays for the manufacturer is $2,500 oh my God. per vial. And the markup to patient and insurance is much higher. Fastler's bill included a line item of $83,341.25 for pharmacy. Dude, that's to, bullshit. Why 25 yeah, cents? I don't know, man. <laughs> 25 cents <laughs> to cover the anti-venom. Oh, my God. The reporter, Dan Haggerty of KGTV in San Diego, posted on Twitter, according to the original uh, report, Fassler used up the antivitam supply from two hospitals. Nice. (sighs) Part of the reason the bill is large for most snakebite victims is because there is only one manufacturer and limited supply of the antivenom. In addition, a snake bite requires emergency room treatment, a few days in the hospital, intensive care unit, and sometimes therapy to recover function to the damaged body part. Between 7,000 and 8,000 people are bitten by venomous snakes in the U.S. every year. And people are afraid of sharks. According to the CDC, and, and of those, about five will die. The vast majority of people seek and have access to medical attention where they quickly receive antivenom, also known as antivenin. New antivenoms are in development, including one recently approved by the FDA called Anavip, which Bozen's group helped test. Bozen it, calls. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, it just goes on and on and on and on, though. It it's does. Like, but I mean, it's you. Ca- I can't believe. I. I it, What's this it's dude nuts. doing? Look! Look! Here's a here's a snake. Come on! Smile! Smile! 
<laughs> you know, I don't know, dude. If I was gonna have crippling debt, I think I'd rather be dead, dude. Because of he, a hundred and fifty-three thousand dollar medical bill from trying to take a snowfie with a snake. Dude, that's a house in some place. That's, that's that's a, a lot of, of anti venom because you're trying to get a picture with a snake. Ugh. Let me move on the news hub and get the last one here. Hey. Selfie-taking man killed by an elephant in India. A man had been trampled to death by an elephant after trying to take a selfie with a wild animal in eastern India. He had reportedly been drinking alcohol. (laughs) That seems to be a trend before approaching the elephant when he went to take the photo with it. He was charged at. While trying to flee, that was his first mistake, you don't flee. He was trying to flee. He tripped and fell over before the elephant ran him over and significantly injured him. An ambulance Uh, took the man to the hospital where he was later pronounced dead by doctors. mostly dead. Yeah, mostly. A force force officials said rangers were trying to rescue the elephant because it had become separated from its herd. Again, the animal gets taken Let's care of animal. better. Yeah, Good save though. the animal. Good. Yeah, then the herd. Uh, force officials were trying to chase the elephant back to the herd when Bahardi came too close to the animal to take the selfie. So the first force officials and the rangers are trying to get this elephant back to the rest of the herd, and up comes this drunk guy with his damn camera phone. I'm going to take a picture. Uh, the animal was nervous as it had strayed away from his family, and when the man came too close to it the elephant attacked him so here's the story when i was on um when i was on last exit for the lost soraya was like find stories right now so i found the original story but it was in different form about the bear and uh there was somebody else on the show that was there there was a whole group of people that hang out on last exit for the lost it's like this gang of people that all hang out in the studio all of them very cool um so they read the story and i I didn't realize that the story took place in asia so he said yeah they're asian bears and i went oh me mall you long time and uh, i just kept on reading the story so anyhow the commercial he's like and they go back and they play music and then i look up and everybody in the room is staring at me with this horrified look on their face and i'm like what 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 and Soraya's like got this very stern fatherly look and he's like you can't say stuff like that that's racist and i'm like well what do you mean he's like you can't me maul you long time and it turns out like most of their students down there are asian oh good you're going to hell and i'm st- it's still not clicking with me because i was thinking of full metal jacket where the prostitutes are like me love you long time and it just wasn't clicking. And then I'm like, I'm sorry. And everybody in the room is looking at me with their mouths agaped open. Like, did you really just say that? So yes, I would like to yes, he did, folks. offer an apology and say that at the time I was on Ambien. And, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I would just use Ambien for my racist slur. And, but they were like, we know that you're not racist and we understand that you're making fun of a movie and not a, a race. But I'm still like not getting it because my brain's not going into that direction at all but i was like i'm, I'm sorry I, I feel bad now i i'm i'm really really sorry i'm a and bad blah, blah. man so i think i stuck around things. for a little bit longer and told some stories about me meeting bands bands in very strange situations and then i left there at two o'clock in the morning and my hotel was an hour away so i come moseying into my hotel at like three ten in the morning <laughs> i'm like wow. then i had to drive home like six hours later so um moving on i'm going to read the next one since i am a beer brewer um and that we are both significantly interested in strange stories involving death i came across this one and this is diamonds and beers does plains brewing uh fuses unlikely combination this is a weird story just the way that it all works out the first brewery to open in uh does plain is it prim- am i pronouncing it right does plains 
Or is it the planes? I think it's the planes. Okay, I'll say it as the planes. The planes fuses two significantly desperate industries, crafting beer and forging cremated remains into diamonds. Yes, the duo of Greg Harrow and Dean Vanden Vandenbeisen, Dan Vandenbeisen, sure, who invented the process of creating diamonds from ashes of the deceased, which we covered a long time ago, are using their scientific expertise and taste for beer to open Fibs Brewing Company. Four beer fermenters will be lined up near four 13,000 pound diamond pro- diamond making machines at Life Gem Jewelry Manufacturer with a glass wall separating the equipment. Customers sitting at the mahogany wood bar will have my my apartment is lined with mahogany. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a front row seat. Corinthian leather? <laughs> Rich Corinthian leather. Yeah, uh, now you threw me off. Sorry. Customers sitting at the mahogany wood bar will have a front row seat while the industry tap room at 260 Howard Ave opens this fall. Where else can you go and have a pint of fresh beer and watch machines make diamonds out of dead people? Uh, Nowhere, of course, but before before feeling squeamish about the pairing, give the burgeoning brewery a chance to share their story. In 2002, Harrow and Van Vandenbeesen opened Life Gem at the industrial property on the south side of Des Plaines. Oh, my mouth is getting dry. Um, There they began their patented process of speeding up the process to take millions of years in nature. Their goal has been to memorialize lost loved ones and bring the comfort of the people left behind. I I wouldn't mind having my ashes be made into a diamond. Sure, that'd be fine. Sure, why not? Worrying machines, there's so much cool stuff you can do with your ashes. We've already discussed having our ashes made into a record, which I would do as well. Mm -hmm. The problem, well, I'm I'm a rather large person, so I would probably have a decent amount of ashes. I'm sure. I would like to have my ashes swirled into one of those gra- glass pa- paperweights, you know, where it looks like it's got the spiral going to it. Some of my ashes I would like to have made pressed into a record and have Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon pressed into a record with my ashes. And then also there's the whole diamond thing here. Um... Van Basin said the inspiration came from his brother Rusty, who at a young age had issues of mortality. He had a problem with being put into a grave or an urn, Van Basin said. He equated this to being forgotten. Along the way, Hero and Van Basin had hoped their customers would gather at the business to send off the remains with a heartfelt farewell and celebration of life. With customers around the globe, however, that never materialized. Now the brewery will be, gathering, now the brewery will be a gathering place. It's all about the perspective, Hero said. We wanted to create Life Gem as a celebration of life. The beer goes right along with that because we want to focus on the good times. Life is too short to not focus on the good times. Fibs Brewing Company will have a dozen beers on tap, including porters, stouts, scotch ales, laggers, and Indian pale ales, gross, among other things. The others are creations that neither... Hero nor Van Basen can put into a single category. Like many breweries, they started tinkering with recipes in a garage, mixing ingredients and sampling ideas until they found the perfect taste, replicating these recipe batches after batch as a difficult part, they said. It's science similar to diamond making process. Making beer is nothing like making diamonds out of dead people. Mm, uh, making a diamond, you have to follow a recipe, Van Basen said. With beer, it's no different. Yeah, I, I don't add five pounds of Uncle Jed to a vat and cook it up to make it but into you could. a diamond. I could, yeah. They're actually so the green beer. I'm sure I could find beer recipes with human ashes in them. Uh, but unlike the diamond business, the pressure is off when it comes to brewing, they said. They want to grow the brewery slowly and methodically, never sacrificing taste for quality. The only pressure we have is to create really great beer, Hero said. So, um, let's move this along and get these last two stories out of the way. Um, so soon. Yeah, 
Okay, also, and this is something that's been a running joke on our Facebook page for a while, is the Australia is not real, um, and that um, it's a fake country. And Lily, I know you're listening out there. I know all of our Aussie people are out there listening to us right now. We love you all to death, even though you're not real and kangaroos don't actually exist in our mythological creatures. Giant so, jumpy bunnies. There's, yeah, it's, have you ever seen, they got a, that picture of the really buff one that's like, yep. come at me, bro. Come at me, huge. bro. Yeah, that's so, a red. How do we want to do this? Do we want to do the Google Translate story first, or do we want to do the Australia is not real story first? Got to do the Australia is not real story okay. first. So here's the deal. Um, last week on uh, Where Did the Road Go, we covered on there, maybe it was last exit for the loss, but I think it was Where Did the Road Go. We covered the story on there about the teacher who was fired because they flunked their student when the student said that Australia is both a continent and a country. The, student, the uh, teacher then flunked the student on the report saying that no, Australia is a continent it but it is not a country so there was a big debate back and forth uh eventually she sent the teacher some information he read it and he finally gave her a b plus the university promptly fired the teacher i don't want to go all into it but there's another story that came out this is from the flat earthers again flat earth bombshell shock claim shock claim australia is not a is not real and never existed a conspiracy theory linked to flat earth society forums has emerged after sources of people claim the continent of australia is a myth created by the government because hey why not if the, oh the earth God. is flat so let's create fake countries that don't exist sure, either why not? the theory has resurfaced online after laying dormant since around 2006 when the flat earth society originally floated the idea which i think was actually a troll fake joke story that as God much like the rest it. of the stuff has become actual belief now some fifty thousand people joined the bandwagon earlier this month when facebook user shelly floyard floyard shared a status update explaining that why she thinks australia does not exist she wrote australia does not exist all things you call proof are actually well fabricated lies and documents made by the leading governments of the world your australian friends they're all actors and computer generated personas part of the plot to trick the world the post has since been removed but not before it gathered uh, gathered traction online mrs floyard herself later revealed the post was shared online as a joke but conspiracists have found renewed interest in the supposed australian hoax many have now looked through online archives to uncover what appears to be the original claim suggesting australia does not exist so foster's is not real beer there is no No. such thing as us uh as the outback steakhouse no um mr this universe is fate. not a real podcast. Um, no. In 2006, a post in the Flat Earth Society forum said, most of you have probably been brought up believing the imaginary land called Australia. I bet many of you have even learned about it in school. I am here to tell you the truth. Yes, please embellish us with this truth. Enlighten us, please. Well, the fact that that Australia doesn't really exist, everything you have ever heard about it was made up, and uh, any pictures of it you have ever seen were faked by the government. I'm sure you have talked to people on the internet who (laughs) claim to be from Australia. Some of them may be on our Facebook page. Indeed. <laughs> they are really secret government agents who are surfing the internet to enforce those false beliefs. Lily, you're doing a fantastic job. Keep it up. Thanks, Elise. Furthermore, <laughs> we would like that job. Uh, we, yeah, Elise is another one. We are not entirely sure why the government... What was the other one? Um, who else? Brett. Brett was another one. Um, yeah. We are not entirely sure why the government made up an imaginary continent or why it is trying to convince the world that this continent is real, but we can tell you that we know for a fact that Australia doesn't really exist. Please join us in our quest to convince the world of the truth. Jesus um, Christ. The post in question was an immediate online success, gathering hundreds of affirmative replies. And one one forum user, the Dragon Dragon Reborn, said, Who could ever believe Australia exists? Anyone who care to take a look 
would realize it's all propaganda. Thankfully, Master Chief was quick enough to notice it. Master Master Chief. Okay, so we're yep. we're taking orders from a guy from Halo now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It can only I can only pray that there are others that have realized this truth. Flat Biker Zero said. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought it would have been obvious the fact that the government put so much effort into covering up. It's just more proof that the Australia conspiracy theory is much bigger than the flat earth conspiracy. Others, meanwhile, reject the theory, but claim to have been deceived by the Australia in another way. Uh, Rikiro wrote, Australia does exist, does exist, just not where you thought that Australia does, it does exist, just not where you were taught it was by round earth science. Okay, that, that was hard for me to say. Oh. However, I know my brain is getting dumber by the second as I, I read this. I can't even understand. How, there's more. How, <laughs> however, the idea that the whole country or one specific region does not exist or the creation made up places is not a novel idea is a fact that one of the oldest practical jokes played on the internet. The most common example is that of the North Pole West Westphalia town of Balefield in Germany, which has been labeled the government hoax since 1993. Back in the early days of the internet, a group of students joked online a town does not actually exist and the rumor spread like wildfire, becoming something of an inside joke among the germans we need to start some kind of rumor like this mm. so fellow archivist listeners if we could all get together and come up with either a country that doesn't exist or we need to create some kind of conspiracy theory like this and just let it run wild and point and laugh the idea is to make these things work you just have to get enough people that do believe in it or you just need to get enough people that say they believe in it to where other people are going to go wow all these people believe in this so i need to believe in this too so on january 10th of 2017 mr that guy's name was Oh boy. Wazikowski. <laughs> Wazikowski told that yeah that sounds Wazikowski got to be fake. Told reporters he had established <laughs> diplomatic relations with countries such as Belize and San Escobar. He meant San Cristobal y Nevis, which is Spanish for Saint Kitts of Nevis. San Escobar has since become a popular online meme and me means uh, mocking the government blunders. Oh my god. So, let's close out the show with one final Oh my God! On flat earthers, take it away. Google Translate takes a dig at flat earthers. Google Translate won't help you share your flat Earth identity with French speakers. Oh! In the entirety of human history, nobody has ever fallen off the edge of the flat Earth because the Earth is round. A small but stubborn group of holdouts still believe the the Earth is flat. But that group is growing. Yeah, it is. It seems like someone on the Google Translate team wants to call them out. Google says there's actually an error in the translation system. We spotted the translation anomaly on a Reddit thread dropped in the R Funny discussion group. When you ask Google Translate to translate I am a flat earther from English to French, it returns as je suis un fou. Translate that back to English again, and you get, I'm a crazy person. They fixed it since then because we tried to do it. Uh, Google Translate has no problem with individual words. It turns out flat, in, it turns flat into plat and earth into terre. So far, it seems French may be the only language that makes such an extreme change. If you try it with this with Spanish, you get soy un terro plano, and Google helpfully translates it back into, I am a, I am. I am a flat land. Yeah, 
In German, it gives back. It gives us "Ich bin in flach Erde Mensch," which turns into a "I am a flat Earth human." At least that's closer to the original intent. Google says the translation is not an int- intentional Easter egg. Translate works by learning patterns from many millions of examples of translations seen on the web. A Google spokesman said, "Unfortunately, some of those patterns can lead to incorrect translation. We've had that happen to us." Mm-hmm. The error has been reported, and we are working on a fix. They have since fixed it. Yeah, yeah, they have indeed. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson blames a failed education system for the rising people who believe in a planet is flat like a pancake. The flat Earth movement has picked up pace in recent years, fueled by celebrities such as musician B.O.B. and the ease of sharing flat Earth theories across the internet. Wow. Yeah, I remember when B.O.B. came out with that. It was like, for real? Seriously? He stared into the sun, too, during the eclipse, didn't he? Yes. It wasn't... Um, burned his eyes. Uh, Tila, Tila Tequila, whatever the hell her name was, she was also another flat earther as well. Yeah. And then that, there was that thing going around that flat earth, the flat earth society has members all around the world. And the joke yeah, was, around think about it. Yeah, around the globe. That's what it was. So, anyways, um, I think that's it for now. We're going to wrap it up. I think that's everything. I can't really mm. remember which two more. Um, again, Soraya, thank you if you're listening. Thank you again for having me out there. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Um, I'm really sorry that I, I lost your BGCD. And, um, Staying alive? I, 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 yeah. Well, actually, no. I was, Soraya's got all of this really cool stuff there. I was going to post all these pictures um, of all the cool stuff laying around. And right now, the, like, the, um, the Vegas Knights are against Washington on a power play with no goalie, and they still cannot manage to score a damn goal against Washington, Oops. which is 3-1 to one in favor of Washington. So... Yeah, Aaron's going to have a field day with this. Anyways, um, so he has like this little tiny steam engine that was really cool, and he's got all these CDs, and I look over, and there's a BG CD case sitting there, and I pick it up, and I'm like, the BGs? He's like, there's no CD in it. And I'm like, where's the BG CD? So since then, I've been politely giving him all kinds of shit by sending him like, you know, little memes of the BGs and stuff like that. And uh, I brought it up on the air, too, and he's like, yeah, the CD case was empty. So anyways. Um, Oops. So we'll call it good. And again, you may or may not be here for a few weeks coming. And, um, you know, nobody panic. It's not a big deal. Lobo just has stuff he has to deal with in life, Mm. uh, just as a reminder. And uh, I think that's it. That's everything I can think to come up with. This show has probably been mm. one of the quickest ones we've recorded in a long time. Yeah, it still took two hours. (laughs) It still took two hours. It did. And uh, your internet connection is working amazing. This is what kind of sucks because you're busy. We finally got all of our internet woes separated and taken care of. Yep. Skype issues between me and you. Everything's recording properly, and it's like you are busy as hell trying to get your house getting taken care of to be sold. Yep. So we'll just deal with it as it goes along. Oh, but anyways, well. you know, um, that's all I got to say. So I'll see everybody hopefully next week. So this is Rojan. Peace out from Detroit. Lobo from Connecticut. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> Peace, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>